to the Sullivan County Democrat Podcast, brought to you by the Kitchen Table Cafe in Calico, New York. Check them out on Instagram, Facebook, and their website to see what fresh in-house baked goods they're cooking up. I'm Managing Editor Joe Abraham, and here are some of this week's top stories. If you stepped outside this morning, you might realize it is really cold. Starting today and running through midday tomorrow, temperatures are supposed to be dangerously frigid throughout the Northeast as winds coupled with Arctic air turns the weather outside quite chilly. If you want to really enjoy the cold, a visit to Mount Washington, New Hampshire might be in order, where minus 80 degree temperatures are predicted. Across much of Sullivan County, temperatures are only expected to dip into the single digits today and Saturday, with strong winds making the real feel in the negative 15 to 30 degree below range, forecasters are predicting. The county's warming centers at Ted Strobel Center in Monticello, and the United Methodist Church in the Village of Liberty will be open from 8 p.m. to 8 a.m. The many outdoor events scheduled for this weekend are still on for the most part. Livingston Manor Rotary's Diane Babbage reports that the Manor Ice Carnival, slated for 1 to 3 p.m. tomorrow at Rotary Park, is still on. Also going on as planned is the Sullivan County Lake Superior Ice Fishing Derby. The pre-registration for that event is at 5 a.m. and the derby will run from 6 a.m. to 2 p.m. with a chance to win prizes in up to $1,500. Some events, however, have been altered by the weather. The Smuggler's Knob Youth Ice Fishing Tournament was postponed from tomorrow to this Sunday, the 5th. It is being held in memory of Gerald, Jerry, Bruce Shepard from 8 a.m. to 2 p.m. at 175 Mitchell Pond West Road. Kids fish for free at that event. For more details on who to contact for those two ice fishing events, you can check out the full story on scdemocratonline.com or on newsstands. When cleaning out the bathroom cabinet leads to rediscovering unused prescription medications, what is the next step in getting rid of them safely? The repercussions of improper disposal could include various forms of pollution, risk of disease, and injury to sanitation workers, the public's health, as well as the endangerment of local wildlife and their habitats. Come April, the Sullivan County Division of Health and Human Services are slated to hold another county-wide drug drop-off day to avoid such a consequence. However, if April is too long of a wait for you, there are several safe and secure year-round drop-off locations, including the Fallsburg, Liberty, and Monticello Police Departments, and the Department of Social Services, or the Robert Travis Building, located 16 Community Lane in Liberty. You can also check with your local pharmacy to see if they take it. In addition to drop-off boxes, deterra bags are also available. These items are medical disposal systems that assist in discarding medications at home via absorption technology. It does this by deactivating the medication using activated carbon. For more info of drop-off locations, deterra bags, as well as the upcoming drug take-back day, you can visit sullivanny.us slash departments slash public health or contact the Sullivan County Division of Health and Human Services at 845-292-5910. Over in the town of Mamacating, retail giant Kohl's, which has a distribution center on state on U.S. Route 209 in Wurtsboro, has approached the town about reducing the amount they pay in taxes by half, according to town supervisor Michael Robbins. He explained that Kohl's desires to have their assessment cut half from 12 to $6 million. Kohl's had been entered into a payment in lieu of tax agreement with the County of Sullivan Industrial Development Agency, which recently ended. This in turn put the property back on the tax rolls. An attorney hired by the town has recommended that they get the property appraised and the cost of which would be around $14,000 plus court time. There was also discussion about reaching out to the Ellenville Central School District, which Coles also pays taxes to, to see if they'd assist with the cost of appraisal. 
Robbins indicated that the town would receive another $254,522 from Coles if they pay the full taxes that are owed. I think it's money well spent, said Councilman Peter Goodman of the appraisal. We gave them a 20-year tax pilot, then they saved money all this time. And now that that pilot's out, of, out, all of a sudden they're crying poverty and saying, oh, we can't afford this and the retail market is down. So please cut our taxes to what we were paying before. I have a hard time believing they're going to pack up and leave other than try to drain our tax revenues. Switching gears to the Roscoe Central School District, New York State Comptroller Thomas DiNapoli recently announced that 14 schools across the state were fiscally stressed according to his fiscal stress monitoring system. The system goes from susceptible, moderate, to significant. Roscoe falls in the moderate category with 51.7 points. The Democrats spoke with Superintendent of Schools John Evans, who explained that the biggest factor contributing to the change in the designation of status was the district's fund balance. Evans said that at the time of the most recent district audit, their fund balance was at 0.99%. If your fund balance is less than 1%, you are assigned 25 points automatically, according to the comptroller's system. The district experienced a substantial increase in the number of students needing special education service, Evans reported, as well as out-of-district placements. The unanticipated cost required the use of fund balance to cover those costs. He added that another significant area of points, 20, involves their cash position and having to use a substantial amount of their fund balance to offset the increase in special education costs reduced the amount of cash they had on hand. In the meantime, the district is closely monitoring spending in all areas and have also implemented a spending freeze on all non-essential items and services. November may be a ways away, but all nine legislative county districts are up for re-election come the fall. Candidates are starting to emerge at this time, including Joanne Jasper, who, a town of Thompson resident, who's thought about running for legislature for a while. Jasper, a Republican and sixth-generation Sullivan County native, resides in what will be the new District 2. Democrat Nadia Reich is currently the legislator representing the constituents of the county's second legislative district, and she's already stated to the Democrat that she will run for re-election. Jasper has been employed in the county clerk's office for around five years and worked in public health as a senior account clerk for almost six years before that. Jasper also spent 20 years working as a teacher's aide, teaching assistant in special education at the Monticello Central School District, Having been rooted in the area, Jasper said that watching what is going on, she felt like she needed to do something. She also feels there should be more women in politics. Family also serves as a motivating factor for her to run. My three children are here, said Jasper, adding that the oldest is a school counselor at Sullivan West. The middle one is an athletic, acting athletic director in Monticello, and the youngest is a, contract, a contractor in Rock Hill. And I have five grandchildren, Jasper said. I want to try my best to make Sullivan County better for them. Town of Liberty Councilman Brian McPhillips, a Democrat, now in his third term, has served constituents in his hometown for over a decade. McPhillips, who is a realtor with Keller Williams and a facilities manager at New Hope Community, currently resides in Parksville with wife Jennifer and three daughters Kristen, Emily, and Kira. He's on the Liberty Democratic Committee, Sullivan County Democratic Committee, chairs the Liberty Community Development Corporation, and is president of the Sullivan County Cal Ripken Baseball and Softball League. He plans on running in District 3, which includes parts of the towns of Rockland, Neversink, and Liberty, and will currently challenge incumbent Michael Brooks, a Republican who represents District 3 and serves as vice chair of the legislature. McPhillips said, quote, I feel now is the time to bring fresh ideas and viewpoints to the county. 
I feel now with 10 years of experience in governmental policy and procedure, this allows me to bring a working understanding of leadership as well as a strong desire of person-centered representation on a county level, and I'm a strong fit to be considered for the seat. Citing the recent real estate boom, McPhillips believes the county has had opportunities to capitalize and better its position when compared to neighboring Orange, Ulster, and Westchester counties, but has not. Having served on the most recent Charter Review Commission, which by majority vote recommended the legislature approve a switch to a county executive form of government, McPhillips believes the county is, isn't running the way it's supposed to. It's time to put it as a referendum, he said, and let the people decide. That does it for this edition of the Sullivan County Democrat Podcast, brought to you by the Kitchen Table Cafe in Calicoon, New York. Check out our newspaper on newsstands or go to scdemocratonline.com for more. Until then, we hope everyone has a wonderful weekend, stays warm, and we'll catch back up with you next week.